Welcome to the Catholic Moms Club section of Verity Ed. Today we are going to begin our journey through the interior castle by St. Teresa of Avila. Welcome back to Verity Ed, where parents are primary. This is part one in a series on Teresa of Avila, woman doctor of the church extraordinary, and it's part of our Catholic Moms Club series at Verity Ed. This time we are going to walk together through the spiritual classic Interior Castle. Videos in this series discuss specifically Catholic ideas and practices that have helped me become a better homeschooling mom and just human being. Because if you don't have an interior life to ground you, you can't build that phenomenal family culture that you so long for. Now, for Catholic Moms Club, you don't have to be Catholic. It just means that I'm Catholic, and all open and inquiring minds are welcome. So please hit subscribe and the notification bell. Hit like and leave comments, because you're all welcome. So Teresa of Avila wrote The Interior Castle after writing her autobiography. It was first published in 1577, and she uses the image of a castle to talk about the prayer life and the spiritual progress of a soul from darkness into light, from ignorance of God into the light of Christ and a unity with God that we all seek. She used the castle as an image because in her day, the suburban Catholic homeschooling mom would have been very familiar with castles. And since we're not, you might need to go and find yourself a few pictures of castles or maps of castles. Maybe you've had the wonderful experience of visiting some of the great castles of Europe in your youth or recently. So really try and imagine yourself walking from the outer wall of a castle through the different layers down toward the center of where the keep was, where the Lord and his lady or the king and the queen would hold court. So we're progressing in the spiritual life from this exteriority into the deepest, most inmost part of our soul where God dwells. Teresa gives us a kind of a map from the beginning of the spiritual life then, which we'll call the first mansion or castle wall, to the goal of the spiritual life, which is the seventh mansion or the most inmost keep of that castle. The main thing to keep in mind here when you're reading it is that spiritual growth ultimately depends on the action of God. It's not so much us digging in and trying to grasp him as it is his action drawing us towards himself. Because we're dependent on God's action, this is not a hard science. God can raise a soul rapidly from the lowest levels to the highest point of intimacy with him. God is all mercy and therefore to us all mystery. So let's begin with the first mansion. So the first mansion. Teresa's soul is a castle in the center of which dwells God. The soul is first and foremost, she says, a paradise in which the master dwells and in which he delights. If we do not accept the beauty of our own soul, we cannot know the creator who loves it so much. The first mansions or rooms as you enter the castle are vast, and they encircle the entire periphery of the building. There are many ways, she says, in which the soul enters them. Most of us live most of our lives in those first rooms. Hell, she insists, is not something God does to us. We choose to exclude ourselves from him. In her imagery, that is, from the castle. 
It is a willful self-exile from his love, usually in the form of an intentional, fully aware disobedience to his law. So souls, like I said before, in this first room of the castle must not stay there in the outer rooms. Teresa, like a good mother, both fears for them and longs for them to move more deeply into the Father's love. She notes that because these souls are so attached to their sinful tendencies and behaviors and habits, the fear of hell or suffering is often the motivation for their conversion. They see the evil consequences of a life of lukewarm and tepid and sometimes sinful action, and they resolve then to flee to God. Now, of course, we don't want to stay in a place with God where we're living in fear and all of our action and going to him is because I don't want to go to hell. It's not a good place to stay, but it's a good enough place to start. And the great news is that Teresa tells us that as soon as, we, as we've decided to start and go back to God, we have already arrived in the second mansion. Kaboom! So some thoughts on contemplating this first mansion when we're reading it. It is so important for us to understand and even empathize with our fellow men who live in this state. If you're not in the first mansion, go and pull the others out of it. Teresa herself was given experiences both of hell and of the first man mansion, and this only increased her love of and zeal for souls. Refusing to think about hell or souls who live without pursuing God leads either to indifference, oh, they're all right, God will take care of them himself, he's all merciful, or to judgmentalism, well, if you broke the law, you're damned, too bad for you, you should have checked into that second mansion while you could. But seeing who some, someone who lives in a distracted and mediocre or fearful life concerned with making it in the material world, that should instead inspire us, I think, uh, to invite them gently and in a way that's attractive to that individual person to instead desire God first. Because in desiring him alone, they are going to move from that vulnerable outer layer of the castle into the second mansion, which we will talk about next time. But before you go, please hit subscribe and the notification bell and visit us on our website, verityed.com, where you can find more free resources for you and your life. We're also on Instagram and Facebook and on Patreon. Please join us there because great content takes time and resources. Also, leave a comment below. I'd love to hear what you think about this series and stay tuned for that second mansion.